everybody. Hi, guys. Will from beautiful Salt Lake City, Utah. It's Thank God I'm Atheist, the podcast. I'm Frank Feldman. And I'm Dan Beecher. And coming up today, we have a nice, uh, we have a guest today. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, a, it's, a, it's an increasingly rare thing on our show to have any voices other than our own. Yeah. So it's well, a good idea. It's no, good. yeah. Uh, Kevin Bowling is coming on. He's yeah. going to talk to us about the Secular Student Alliance. It's a it's a fantastic org, org yeah. out there in the world. Yeah, uh, and 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 it's a great conversation. You guys are yeah. going to really yeah, yeah. Uh, enjoy that. Yeah, we already had it, so we can actually say that. Yeah, exactly. It's pre-recorded. We know like what's coming. Is, it just happened to be recorded <laughs> before this was pre-recorded. Well, this part's live on tape. <laughs> the, that is true. It's live Actually. on tape, baby. We don't we don't do cuts. Uh, not Usually. really. Not, yeah, not, not unless one of us fucks up. It's got to be a very very yeah, bad fuck up because you guys hear us fuck up all the time. But yeah, anyway, yeah, totally. Uh, first, <laughs> coming up on the show, we got some stories of the week. Yeah, things that have happened. Yeah, I'm shuffling my stories right now <laughs> to find which one I'm going to do first. You remember the days in TV news when they had paper in front of them when the newscasters would have yeah paper stories in front of them. Yeah. And those days. Does are this gone. remind you of that? Yes, yes. Because I happen to like because you print out your feel thing. better about yeah. you know paper. Yeah. I, I, our listeners might be hearing it and and pining for days of yore. Well, I used to try to do it with an iPad. Yeah, didn't work. Didn't work. You weren't into yeah. it. No. Yeah. Had all sorts of tricks and everything, but didn't didn't take. All right. Um. So, uh, the big news, the unavoidable news of the week, uh, or one of, because there's like two big unavoidable stories yeah. of the week uh the big one though is uh the impeachment the ongoing show. saga yeah. impeachment trial uh, well if you can call it a trial so fucking not it's a trial not really a trial the, the, the thing that would be a trial if there were a thing but, but the, big, the big bombshell of the week was of course uh that john bolton has a forthcoming book a tell-all yeah. uh, story or uh, book about the his time uh, in the Trump White House. Yeah. It's titled The Room Where It Happens, yeah. reference to Hamilton. Which you know I it. don't think that's his to use. I don't think an old fucking white man gets to, gets to title his book from the play Hamilton. I feel like <laughs> old he's, white Republicans fucking love that thing. I know. Which is... I know bizarre to me i hope that one whole chapter of his book is devoted to mustache maintenance it just seems right for an entire chapter to just be about how to be an ugly stupid walrus <laughs> i hope that's i choose to trim <laughs> once every other week i use my toenail clippers for trimming <laughs> anyway uh wh wh what to do with milk and oatmeal <laughs> Gave me diabetes. Anyway, uh, what do you got? <laughs> so that, the, the, this, this is the big, the big, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. crazy story. Well, of course people are going to have a reaction because like what, what you basically alluded to with this whole trial thing is that there are the people who've already decided that he's guilty and there are those that have already decided that he, uh, Donald that Trump, he, that Donald Trump clearly 
yes, he, he did it, but we're just not going to care about it. Right. Uh, and unfortunately, those people outnumber the ones who right. are like, he's guilty, he's yes. guilty, he's guilty. The, the people in control of the Senate chamber <laughs> right. have opted out of caring about any sort of crimes or misdemeanors. Or the future of our country. Right. Uh, and but anyway, uh, a conservative pastor by the name of... Uh, Rodney Howard Brown. I, I uh, think I've heard that name. Yeah, he's he's actually he's he's a known fellow. He's he's one of those who got to lay his hand on Donald Trump. Lucky in bastard. the in the Oval Office. Oh, I uh, he's pastor at the River mm. in <clears throat> Tampa Bay. Whoa. Wow. Uh, he also has uh, the Revival Ministry, or founded the Revival Ministries International. Okay. Like he's kind of a big fucking deal in these cuckoo circles. Right? Sure, absolutely. Well, he came out with, he had something to say. About John Bolton? About John Bolton. He's not a fan, oh. especially now. He says, <laughs> he's, this is tweet. He chose to tweet about this. Oh, good. Um, you are a slime ball of the highest order. I should have knocked your sorry butt through the door of the Oval Office into the Rose Garden when I saw you. I would have gladly been arrested. What a Benedict Arnold. I'm glad you were fired. <laughs> so many exclamation points. <laughs> uh, I have no respect for someone who is disloyal to the president and loyal to deep state. No Ooh. respect. No respect at all. What a globalist sellout. Uh, oh for my God, for those listeners not aware, the word globalist is code for Jew. Yeah. So he for, sold out to the Jews. Yeah. And now he says, WWJD, what would Jesus do? Yeah. Right? Uh, he would have made a whip and beat the crap out of him. <laughs> you know. These people don't. Uh, their understand their read on the Bible is just different than mine. I just have to admit that. <laughs> I when I read about Jesus in the Bible, yeah. I feel like I get a different guy. There's a different Jesus than what they than, than the one who would have lined himself <laughs> with with Donald John Trump to the extent yeah. that he would whip John fucking Bolton. Yeah, L let's make no bones about it. This is a very conservative, like, like he's he's to the right of Genghis Khan, <laughs> and 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 uh, maybe just slightly less warmongering. Right. Maybe I would. Say they might be. <laughs> depends on the day. They, <laughs> just depends. Oh my god! Yeah. So like, um, I I mean that that's all it is. Yeah. It's a WWJD. What would Jesus um, do? I mean, this th it's so ridiculous how, first of all, it's just how much evangelicals have, uh, I, I want to say corrupted Christianity. Christianity was already broken and, and, and a problem. But like how much they have just like taken it and completely undermined yeah. any of the traditional messages that had at least started to come forward out of Christianity, oh right? Over the last few, few hundred years. Well, there of is just like, of like, because you know, like before that kindness was, to, and taking care of your fellow man yeah, and all of that sort yeah, of thing. Yeah. We're just become this like pretty benign thing. Right. 
I mean, so to speak. But I mean, I, it but just like, depends on what era and where. Because I know. I know. It's just this cyclical thing. Some, you know, somebody yeah. realizes that they can get rich off of the thing, and then yeah. suddenly it's, it's all. And now Jesus is. They're quoting totally built and St. Paul's <laughs> epistle to Jeff Bezos. Right. Where he says, blessed is he who makes more money off of than anybody else or whatever, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's, yeah. Oh, my God. It's amazing. I love it. And the Lord said unto them, party loyalty or you're a fuck off. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I'm going to take us, speaking of uh, religious leaders in these United States. Yeah. J. Fal Jew, <laughs> Jerry Falwell Jr., uh, is has has hit the news uh, recently. <laughs> he has been now. He is the uh, the president of Liberty University, mm. his dad's his dad's university, mm. um, which uh, which resides apparently unhappily in uh, in Virginia. Oh, they don't like being there. Well, they, they did. They used to. It used to be a good thing well, to be there outside of Lynchburg. But then Virginia flipped, oh, and yeah. all and Virginia became blue. Uh, uh, the state house just went all kinds of Democrat. They better get out of there. And they started doing stuff. Well, <laughs> they 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 have a plan to get no, out of there. They, no, they don't. And here's the plan. No, they've been working with West Virginia Governor Jim Justice to invite <laughs> counties of Virginia. To secede from Virginia to West Virginia, so that they can be—that's <laughs> how they're getting out of Virginia. That's the that—that's the theory. That's the plan, guys. Guys, <laughs> it's called just skipping town. I know. Just just, just get out of town. Just literally, move your stuff to us. No, sell off your property. They're saying that they're they are they are hearing the cries of the saddened Virginians who are who feel uh oppressed by this new majority that their state elected right uh and well they don't they don't really care that much for democracy <laughs> is the, more and more right Who, it, who's the they in that sentence anyone the uh, <laughs> at this point oh my god yeah, the, if, if, if everyone doesn't agree with you you clearly just yeah well, fuck it yeah exactly if yeah if, let's get out of here this is clearly undemocratic. Just because a majority of the people in our state voted for it doesn't make it okay. So yeah, literally there have been talks. There have been uh, lawyers working on what the process would look like oh, if a, a county from Virginia decided they want it. It's impossible. It could not happen. It's a dumb, dumb I thing. I think they should just... let them go. <laughs> like seriously. We need well, to start just letting people go. They yeah. want to be in another state. Fine. Listen, we don't have to move. We'll just move the boundary. <laughs> Here's the thing about West God Virginia. Damn it. Other people will want to join us. West Virginia only has like you'd think cuz look, West Virginia would not be getting the best that Virginia has to offer. Let's be real. No, they'd be getting more West Virginia. Yeah, they'd be getting literally Western <laughs> Virginia, which doesn't have any of the good cities in it. No. It's just a bunch of it's a, except, How dare you? Except How dare you? Yeah. Lynchburg? Yeah, Lynchburg is... How dare you? Yeah, it's Turdsville. Anyway, they're all... <laughs> I've... Have you been? No, I've never yeah, been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, been, Sorry, I've been to Lynchburg. Virginia. I've been... But Virginia's lovely. Never Lynchburg. I've actually been to West Virginia. I haven't. I uh, didn't mind it. Sure. It's, 
other than the attractive fact enough that it's like of a place it's the fourth worst state in the union there? by far it's 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 in the wor- it's in the top five of worst states in a union on almost every metric poverty mm. education you know any any of the things most frogs eaten you know, they're just <laughs> they're just not uh it's not look all i'm saying is west virginia can only gain from this whereas the the virginia uh side of it they might not be they might not gain much by move switching to a state that is uh right but the rest of virginia the rest of the virginia does great they're probably like hey like these people are a drag on our uh, on the economy yeah drag on our social services unload it baby like just get rid of them i mean it's probably more agrarian so they'd be losing some farm revenue or whatever but i think they're gonna be okay we know nothing about this place (laughs) like that's we so are just true. projecting. We're just guessing. Our worst. I looked at I, stereotypes. Listen, I looked at the Google our Maps. Worst ideas. I, I looked at the Google Maps. I saw what was going on. I know. I, yeah. Did you turn it on satellite at least, <laughs> so you could get even that much information? <laughs> oh, there's trees. Yeah, it's all just green. <laughs> what, what are you gonna learn from that? <laughs> there's roads and trees. That's what I know about it. We're going to keep everything watches of gray where I think people live. <laughs> exactly. We're going to keep everything from from Richmond East. You guys can have the rest. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right, well Dan, yeah. Um this story uh is or it's not actually my story. It's two graphs. Oh. <laughs> that I want to talk about. Thank goodness because this is an audio medium, so the best thing you can have <laughs> is a graph. <laughs> Um, this is, um, it, it's coming from a guy's blog and he did some, uh, some, he, he, he put some numbers into a graph generator. Okay. And it spat out a couple graphs. Okay. And he talks about it and he's going to say the same things I'm going to say about it. Okay. Essentially. Right. Good. Which is, there's some interesting numbers about, uh, the religious composition of our of the two main political parties in this country, right? Um, that have changed over time. Okay, right, sure. Uh, so he has uh, he's provided numbers going back to 1978. Okay. Oh, and then every 10 years, sort of updates it. I'm not going to talk about the ones in the middle because it's basically just trending toward where we end up landing in 2018. Right. Sure. Um, but there's some some things that are that that are mm, not necessarily surprising, but it's inter- It's nice to think back and kind of remember well how far we've come. And mm. My God, how things have changed. Right. Uh, so I want to start with the Republicans, uh, where he he only has six groups. He has evangelical, mainline. Uh, black Protestant, Catholic, no religion, and then other faith. Right. Mm. Um, the evangelicals in the mainline Protestants back in 1978 made up 66, like 66.5 percent of uh, the Republican Party. Okay. Right. Not surprising. No. Not surprising. It is. Uh, I guess in some ways. It is surprising that the main lines are in there at almost a two to one numbers mm. 
of, of, of them versus uh, uh, evangelicals. Interesting. Uh, they make up over 40% of the Republican Party back in, in the late 70s, huh. whereas the evangelicals were only like 25%. Right. Right. Um, That's because that was before the big kick to try and get the evangelicals over there. Exactly. But these numbers have just absolutely uh, dwindled. It's now those two groups together make up less than 50% of the Republican Party. Really? Surprisingly. Yeah. While, and this is because the mainline Protestants have completely like there's been a mass exodus they flooded yeah they, out of that party right right actually out of life to be honest. <laughs> well they, yeah they, they, they've just been losing numbers you know period yeah it's but anyway true. uh 14 basically 15 percent of the republican party was mainline protestant in 2018 wow. uh 32.6 percent of uh the republican party was evangelical uh black protestant has always been a really small number yeah uh, you would think so back in 78 about three percent of the party uh 2018 just barely over one percent yeah right. the party of trump the the, the party uh, that elected a clear racist mm-hmm. yeah you're, you're not gonna get a lot of the black vote right i'm afraid uh here's regardless an, of their jesus affiliation <laughs> here's an interesting one uh 4.8 percent of the Republicans were uh, had no religion back in 1978. Where do you think that number has gone? 4.8%? Is that what it was? Yeah, 4.8%. Um, gosh. 40, I mean, 40 years later. I have no idea. Because no. honestly, uh, I'm, I'm thinking that no religion. You said no religion, right? No religion. Basically nuns. Nuns, yeah. Uh, nuns currently make up 25% of the populace. I'm going to guess it went up. It did go up 13.6% wow. of Republicans are nuns. This is actually an important thing yeah. I think, for us to kind of think about and remember right. is as the, 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 um, the rise of the nuns is, is happening, right. you and I, and I think a lot of probably our listeners probably think that it's, it's mainly on the political left. Um, but it's not. It's not exclusively. No, nope, so definitely that, not. That's interesting. That's a significant number. Yeah, it's a significant number. Yeah. Uh, Democrats. All right. Let's break these down. Okay. Um, black. Pro- let's just start with black Protestant. Sure. Essentially, stay the same. Okay. Which is kind of an interesting thing, right? Yeah. Like the, it's it's uh, just over twelve percent of the party uh, in 1978. Uh, about thirteen percent of the party. Mm. Forty years later. That's interesting. Right? Um. Catholic numbers have sort of, they haven't like massively disappeared. Uh, they've gone from like 30% down to 20%. Mm. Uh, I didn't mention what happened with the Republicans and the, the Democrats. It, makes, it was kind of the, the opposite of that. It was 18.5% and it went up to like 25%. Which makes sense to me that because, because the, the Republican Party has been so effective about uh, making the, making their campaigns about abortion yeah uh and that's a big deal to catholics but it's also been a slow exodus out yeah it hasn't been it hasn't been Um, a mass you know they shift one in five democrats is is catholic right that's still a a sizable portion yeah Um, and yeah let's look at the evangelicals okay uh back in 78 22.4 percent Right of the party was of, evangelical of the, of the Democratic Party. Yeah, Democratic Party, fourteen point one percent. 
today. Really? Yeah. That's a much higher number than I expected. It's a much higher number. That's we like to paint them with with very broad strokes. Right. Uh, it's well, a, and it's, it's so a little bit more complicated than 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 we would want it to be. It's so right? funny how much the uh, especially the right, but both parties kind of pander to the evangelical vote because mm -hmm. they're not that big a block. No, they shouldn't be pandered to the way they are. No, they, they're they just have, active. They yeah, they're lo they're noisy. Yeah, and so they get their that squeaky wheel gets so much grease in this country. Yeah, it's crazy. I know. Um, mainline Protestants nineteen point four percent in seventy eight. Hmm. Ten point four percent today. Huh. So they're just in trouble all around. We know that already. Uh, and now, of course, us the non-religious. Uh, in seventy eight. It was 8.8% of the party. Of the party. Wow. Um, and it kind of dipped for just a second, and it surged back. Uh, we're 28% of the party. That's huge. It's huge. Um, here's the deal. We're the biggest group. Yeah. In, in, in the Democratic Party. Where's our pander? Ev let's just look at this. Evangelicals, 14.1%. <laughs> Mainline, 10.4%. Black Protestant, 12.9%. Catholic, 21.8%. Other faiths, everything else, 12.8%. And non-religious sitting there at over a quarter and inching up to a third of the party. Yeah. And our priorities, like there's only barely lip service to the non-believers in this uh, presidential it's crazy. Uh, primary. Yeah, you can't, uh, even among the Democrats, you can't get any of them. And, and look, I get it. You pander to us, yeah. and you scare. They're worried that there's they'll scare away any middle of the road religious person, right? Voter. Well, we but we have like Pete Buttigieg, right? Who's mainline Protestant? Yeah, right. Uh, one in ten Democrats is mainline Protestant. Everybody's just like, oh, it's so great how he speaks about his faith and bloody 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 blah. It's the thing that turned me off eventually to him. Yeah. Like, I liked him at first, and I kind of liked that he wasn't afraid of speaking about his faith because I was like, you know what? A Democrat should be willing to. He won't fucking shut up about it. Well, that's because he's trying to get past he's the, gay the gay thing. I know. But guess what? But the gay thing's off. not as big of a deal, like, at least on our side. Yeah. I know he's probably <laughs> trying to lay foundation and everything for, for a general election. Right. But <laughs> general election, he's not going to come anywhere near. I know. It might be. It might be a good veep. Anyway, there. You, well, there you go. Uh, it's a thing. What we have to look forward to is a. Eventually, we're going to start to get noisier. Yeah, and we need to. And and when we finally do that, and I, we, you, and I, I think encourage our listeners to get noisy. Yeah. Uh, they're going to have to start paying real attention to us. Yeah. So uh, and then it's going to get fucking ugly because the two noisies are going to be uh, at the far ends of uh, the religious spectrum. Well, yeah, except that we are. Here's the thing. What's what's nice about us getting noisy is that the other noisies talk about us all the time. Yeah. And they're the ones who are saying what they think we are supposed to be saying. Well, they also say they horrible just, things. They say, well, that's what I'm saying. They say they set up these straw man arguments about yeah. what what the atheists are saying. It'd be nice if our voices were saying what the atheists are actually saying. Yeah, that's true. That would be a nice thing yeah. instead of just hearing them tell us what we are th what we think and what we believe. Right.
Anyway, I'm going to take us south of of this country. Okay. I'm going to do two stories in one. It's a twofer. Oh. It's a roundup. How exciting. Yes, indeed. Double uh, feature. I'm going to start in uh, Brazil, mm-hmm. where uh, both, of, both of these are uh, examples of other countries learning by watching us. And they're learning all the wrong lessons, because currently the United States is a dumpster fire... <laughs> and apparently what everybody what half of the world is taking away from that is ooh more gasoline yeah let's uh oh that's what we're supposed to do we're mm. supposed to light ourselves on fire look at how warm they all look in the US <laughs> let's let's try a dumpster fire of our own that's just global warming yeah exactly uh so in uh brazil uh president bolsonaro oh has, he's a peach he is he yeah he's he's the guy that's like trump only they decided to take it one step further. They were yeah. like, oh, we can do better. <laughs> uh, and he has he has played a card from Trump's deck uh, on this one. He has named one ben- Benedito Nato to head up the uh, bunch of Portuguese words that I don't know. But it's basically their... Uh, their agency that uh that oversees their their government agency for science oh uh and the guy that he appointed Uh-oh. is of course a heavily religious uh creationist staunch oh, creationist God. dickhead so yeah uh, overseeing graduate study programs within the ministry of education he's overseeing everything oh God. Uh, it's much to the chagrin of you know scientists in the country who are all decrying it and saying uh, that it's the worst thing. uh, Here's one biologist who says it's, quote, it is completely illogical to place someone who has promoted actions contrary to the scientific consensus in a position to manage programs that are essentially of scientific training. (sighs) So that's that's one of the stories. Uh, The other story comes to us from Bolivia, where uh, their 14-year president, Evo Morales, Mm. has been basically run out on a rail and replaced with uh, an interim president, uh, one Janine Añez. Okay. Uh, Apparently, uh, Morales was a very interesting cat. And one of the things that Morales did while in power was sort of replace all of the whole bunch of Christian ceremonies that were part of, you know, place your hand on the Bible for yeah. this or yeah, did, yeah. all of these Christian ceremonies. Uh, you replace them with uh, honoring the Andean earth deity Pachamama. Really? Yeah. I had no idea. So official government ceremonies uh, honored Pachamama instead of Jebus. Nice. Uh, which I think is delightful. Yeah. And and just really cool, like a cool way of getting back to like, who are we as Bolivians? You know what I mean? Like yeah, it's, get back it's, to the basics. You know? like, like instead of like, what is, what you know, what makes us different than just the Spanish conquistadors? That, no, and I, I, I think that there is something important there. Yeah. Even though. Even though it's replacing I, one yeah, dumb set of beliefs really with another. Super cool with the whole thing. <laughs> right. But I get. 
I get the impulse and I get why that feels really important. Right. Too. Yeah. I mean, it feels like an interesting cultural move. Yeah. It's wrong still, <laughs> but it's interesting. Okay. So what, what did newbie do? The newbie. Apparently the first thing she did was hoist a giant leather Bible above her head and yell, the Bible has returned to the palace. Oh, Jesus. So, yes. Oh, Jesus. Jesus. Yay. He's back, baby. <laughs> Never <Yeah>. fear. <laughs> Our government, it's safe again. Uh, finally, thank God, we can all uh, live in, in un, underneath the, the tolerant and beautiful mm. rules of, and, of and incorruptible rules Bible. that come out of the Bible. The Bible. No, nothing bad can happen now. Yeah. All right. Well, I've got a story about uh, religion in government. Oh. Uh, or at least a, an attempt to get religious figures out of government. Okay. Um, and Anyone that government. Anyone Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, you're out. That's exactly right. How'd you know? <laughs> uh, no, the government is the uh, uh, the House of Lords. Oh. Over there in the United Kingdom. Oh. Uh, oh. And uh, the religious folk are uh, uh, bishops yeah. from the Church of England. Yeah. The Lord's spiritual. Uh, there are 26 of them. Two of them are actually uh, the heads, the archbishops. Yeah. And then the 24 are, I don't know how they pick which which ones. What? Uh, early on in the in the existence of this podcast, mm -hmm. I actually interviewed the the Bishop of London, who was who was yeah. third in line of succession. Yeah. In, in, I'm sure he was a lord. He was, and and I asked him, "What do I call you?" And he said, "Well, if you were a British national, you would call me Lord Bishop." Ah. But, oh, right. But yeah, Lord Bishop. Since you're not, you uh, can just call me what Lord. <laughs> you can just Bishop. Call me his bishopness. <laughs> well, nonetheless, um, there is right now being considered uh, in the UK reform. Mm. Uh, there has been a bill introduced that would uh, take away this automatic right of Anglican bishops to sit in the House of Lords. Um, what? This has been... I uh, blame Meghan Markle. <laughs> this has been uh, proposed uh, and pushed for by the National Secular Society who helped uh, to draft uh, this bill. Oh. Um, and essentially, here, here, here are the d details, right, that I, I think that we one should consider. Like, okay, it's... It's the British, it's government, right? Right. Um, and so it's like, it's got all these traditions and there's figures in it that seem completely like monarchy, which to, like, we know it's there, but it's such a foreign concept to Americans. Right. right? And, but it's like, well, okay, like we wouldn't have that here. I wouldn't, you know, it's not the worst thing in the world, but why are you just supporting these people with tax money and everything? Right. But nonetheless, um, this Lord spiritual thing, sometimes tradition, you just kind of forget it's there. Right. right? Um, this has been in place since the 14th century. Uh, but in a recent poll um, by the Times, or done for the Times, uh, that was published a, a few years ago, 
Um, 62% of people in, in the UK said no religious clerics should have an automatic right to seats in the legislature. Oh. Uh, and only 8% said that bishops should retain their seats. Interesting. So it's kind of a reform that's long overdue yeah. to the British people. Yeah, it is. Um, and here's a fun fact worth reminding everyone around about. Um, Iran uh, has the only other legislature in the world... Other than the UK, where a cleric where that gives unelected clerics automatic representation, huh? Um, <laughs> yeah, so great company is... you're in there, UK. <laughs> Good job. Um, uh, Dick Tavern, Tavern. <laughs> I don't know how to say it. It's my favorite. He's name. the. I think he's the sponsor of the bill. Don't don't know if I have all the language or words correct here. Sure, but he's he's the one who's who's behind this. Who's fronting um, it? He says, uh, one of the great achievements of the Enlightenment was the separation of church and state. Theocracies in, uh, in which religion is still part of the state, hardly shining examples of democracy and the protection of human rights, show how important this achievement was. And so when, when yeah. you think about that and, the, and how religion is trying so hard to get back into American government. Yeah. Um, we, we who invented the separation of church and state and then... <laughs> promptly forgot about it and sat down on it and broke it yeah like um like like this this is critical yeah right we live in a in a in a de facto theocracy here in utah here in utah right it's true and you get used to it and you just kind of understand on these issues we will never make headway right period because the church just doesn't want it right right period will not happen yeah there are certain issues that just will not be brought up yeah. In any real sort can't, of way. Can't even make it to the floor of the legislature because... Even though they might be popular with the people of Utah. Yeah. Right? I mean, this is what theocracy is and yeah. does. And, you know, I, the, the the British have done a they've done a decent job sure. of things overall. As long as, as, long as nobody you know, notices but, who the head of the Church of England actually is meant to be. <laughs> it's also the head of state. He's also the head of state. <laughs> And then, and yet, not really the actual head of either. That's an interesting. Yeah. Thing. Well, yeah. Yeah, that, that's funny. What does the queen do anyway? She uh, just <laughs> agrees with everything and waves. She waves <laughs> a lot. She's a waver. She waved at me from a boat once. Oh, did, did you make eye contact? I'm pretty sure. Uh, I'm pretty sure. Good for you. Uh, yeah. Anywho, uh, I'm going to take us uh, finally to a delightful little uh, little invocation that was given by uh paula white uh paula, paula white paula white she is the uh she's she's one of the great spiritual advisors for our president oh, she looks like he does need <laughs> spiritual advising she kind of looks like uh like the main cast member on real housewives of tulsa or something <laughs> uh you she, know we are getting one of those in salt lake yeah, yeah i did know that that's <laughs> crazy Anyway, um, Paula White, uh, she uh, and she is now she like this is a woman with White House credentials. She goes there yeah. regularly now. Well, he does. He needs advising. <laughs> he needs spiritual advising, yes. and that's what she provides. She did not take to heart the the uh, the the scripture that said that women should be quiet in the church. She is she is a vocal her. feminist. She's she, a, she's a strong she, feminist. Oh. She sure uh, as heck is. You know what I'm going to do? Because it's she, so good. 
I'm going to make you play this audio uh, okay. because it's just, I, I need her to speak in her own words and we're not okay. using it as our audio for the day. So, uh, so let's just play it. Okay. We interrupt that which has been deployed to hurt the church in this season. That which has been deployed to hurt this nation in the name of Jesus. Forgive us for our sins. Come on, I need you guys to pray. We cancel every surprise from the witchcraft in the marine kingdom. Any hex, any spell, any witchcraft, any spirit of control, any Jezebel, anything that the enemy desires through, through spells, through witchcraft through any way that is manipulation, demonic manipulation, we curse that. We break it according to the word of God in the name of Jesus. We come against the marine kingdom. We come against the animal kingdom. Any The woman that rides upon the waters, we break the power in the name of Jesus. And we declare that any strange winds, any strange winds that have been sent to hurt the church, sent against this nation, sent against our president, sent against myself, sent against others, we break it by the superior blood of Jesus right now in the name of Jesus we arrest every infirmity affliction fatigue weariness weakness fear sickness any self-righteousness any self-serving action God let pride fall let pride fall let pride fall let pride fall in the name of Jesus we command all satanic pregnancies to miscarry right now we declare that anything that's been conceived in satanic wombs that it'll miss carry it will not be able to carry forth any plan of destruction any plan of harm i don't know hmm. if you listeners caught it because you were just assaulted i apologize by with, her spell with her magic spell where she in the name of jesus banished everything she didn't like <laughs> which if <laughs> these magic spells that they cast worked yeah would have fixed everything yeah for her right but they don't work I and just, yet she keeps doing it this this new i don't this is a completely foreign way of praying <laughs> just, what for, for yelling a, at jesus and and a, a former mormon <laughs> yes right this this is so like i'm not i don't know how long this style of prayer has been like around yeah but it's bizarre to me yeah because it is an incantation Right. It's a, yeah. It's, and, and, and this having to like, I don't know what they think they're doing, but they're trying to like make sure they corner Jesus with this prayer. <laughs> right. Like, yeah, exactly. All these words. Like, if you answer any part of this prayer, Jesus, you got to, like, this is a legal, you got to, this is a, all these different things, man. This is a binding contract. Yeah. You, you, like, we have cornered you, man. There's nothing like, you can do. You promised. You promised. Yeah. Cause the wind, man. It's coming for the church. Yeah. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, what, what, what is all that shit about marine life? And like. She calls upon the marine life. She's. she's I think she's. Aquaman. But the real. I think the real icing on this one. On this cake. Was when she called for. Yeah. 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 Well, she called the miscarriages. But what she's asking God to do is it's commit true. mass abortions. Abortion. God can abort. That's this God, is true. God's allowed. God is allowed to abort. He's the only one who's allowed to abort. All the satanic babies. I love that they like what they, the they, what is a they satanic give their God? They give. What oh, is I, that? I can think of a couple. <laughs> what is exactly? 
is a satan like is it just a, a, a satanist a, a satanist gets pregnant gets pregnant or maybe no maybe they're carrying a demon yeah child. i don't i yeah i, I don't think she has demon. any idea what she's talking about satanic pregnancy because yeah, she's yeah, clearly like just spouting as fast as she can she's i mean she's clearly a fast thinker yeah and she's just spouting but like uh you you want the lord to abort a bunch of babies yeah is that is that what you just said yeah he does she does she, she absolutely does 100 and you know does. what like you know it's not like he's never done it before i know you know lucian greaves actually responded to this oh yeah yeah he wrote a this is the the head of the satanic temple and he wrote a, a an open letter that's thanking her saying yeah we as satanists believe in the right to uh, access to abortion so <laughs> thanks for supporting that we appreciate that we believe that all our you know that is a right that is inviolable and yeah. that it's a tenet of our faith. Yeah. So so we appreciate your your support. <laughs> what a peach. She's a peach. She is just... And she has access to the president. <sighs> yeah. I mean, she's kind of his type. <laughs> she kind of looks like an older version of his daughter, which I think is probably exactly what he's into uh, anyway listen kids if you guys have something you'd like to say about this or any of our stories today you can feel free to write into us the, the email address is podcast at thankautomatheist.com or you can call and leave us a voicemail message the telephone number is 424-666-8442 yep go to the voice uh go to the facebook that's yes. the next thing we say uh it's facebook.com slash tgi atheist click on the like button and while you're on facebook search for the tgia members only lounge and request to join it is a closed group but we will let you in also find us on twitter it's been blowing up everybody tgi atheist super easy to find yeah Hey, Dan. Richard Tap Dancing Wiles. <laughs> you, okay, so what we, is we, happening on this planet? We, we mentioned that there are two big stories this week. Uh huh. One is the saga of the impeachment, the other is uh, uh, some Chinese, pandemic. Some Chinese people caught a cold. Pandemic. <laughs> yeah. So, and it's all anybody can talk about. I've been, I've been using the hashtag coronavirus all week. <laughs> on twitter yeah um no um you know rick wiles is one who sort of knows and can, can sort of ascertain he, he can figure out and divine the will of god oh yeah oh what what god's up to the lord tells him directly oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and i'll tell you when, when the lord talks to him one of the things the lord says instantly is uh, the Jews are bad. That's the, <laughs> that's first, the thing. first thing. Well, that's how he knows he's actually talking to the Lord. Right. Yeah, <laughs> What's exactly. the password, Lord? Yeah, yeah. he's like, hey, uh, what do you think about Jews? And if, if the answer comes back, oh, no, they're fine. Then he's like, Satan! <laughs> Get thee hence! Get thee behind me, Satan! You can't trick me! <laughs> this is also, P.S., <gasps> a guy who has access to our president, uh, who <laughs> frequently is, uh, is, is talking, I think, uh, in contact. Uh, yeah. Let's hear what he has to say. He's certainly got some... Sh surely he'll share wisdom <laughs> and tolerance with us. My spirit 
bears witness that this is a genuine plague that's coming upon the earth. And God is about to purge a lot of sin off this planet. Plagues are one of the last steps of judgment. Yes. The very last step is war. That's the last step. But plagues and pestilence, those are one of the steps of judgment. When nations refuse, look at China. Godless state, a godless government, godless communist government that persecutes Christians, forced abortions. All right, they're not, they're, the Chinese communists are not virtuous people. They're godless. I'm not talking about the Chinese people. I'm talking about the government. Right. Okay. Look at the United States. Look at the rebellion, the spiritual rebellion that's in this country, the hatred of God, the hatred of the Bible, the hatred of righteousness. Hatred of innocence. Hatred of innocence. This vile, disgusting people in this country now, transgendering little children, perverting them. Look at the rapes and the, the sexual immorality and this, the filth on our TVs and our movies. And folks, the death angel, death angel may be moving right now across the planet. And it's a terrifying thing when the death angel yes. walks by your door. That's right. This is a time to get right with God. Repent of your sins. Confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. If you've not been baptized, you need to be baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The blood of Jesus Christ will protect you. Do not fear. If you're living right for God, if the blood of Jesus Christ is on you, you have no reason to fear this death angel. But those of you who are opposing the church of God, mocking God, attacking his servants, you better wise up. Because there, there's a death angel on the loose right now. You're going to get an attitude adjustment. Wise up, Frank. <laughs> there's a death angel coming for you. You need an attitude adjustment. <laughs> oh, my God. This guy sucks. A death angel. Ugh. Let me tell you something. This is not the first time he's espoused this philo particular philosophy. Oh, really? Uh, I literally just looked up his Wikipedia and it says that in October of 2014, mm -hmm. he believed that the spread of Ebola, quote, could solve America's problems with atheism, homosexuality, sexual promiscuity, pornography, and abortion. Yeah. Didn't work. Could also kill everybody you know and love. Yeah. Rick Wiles. Yeah. You, you, like, you're you're kind of getting a, this a... It's a weird boner you're getting. <laughs> For plagues. Because it, it's also like, since when do these things only kill the people you don't like? Right. Right. Yeah. Like, well, as since they stayed in Africa or China is when they kill. Right. Yeah. The, for, right. For Rick Wiles, he's, he's wishing it on us. Yeah. He's wishing it on this nation. He wants it to come over here. I got news for you, and Rick. And it's going to wreak havoc amongst all populations. Oh it doesn't God. matter who you are. I want right. all of our listeners I, to meet Rick Wiles and cough on him. <laughs> Just if you if you happen to meet Rick Wiles, go up, shake his hand, pull him in close, and then go. <coughs> oh, sorry. Uh, <coughs> I was just in China, and this uh, oh, this damn cough. I cannot get rid of it. Yeah. <coughs> Coronavirus. Right at ah. his, right at his face. Yeah. 
Because I got news for you, actually, Rick Wiles. If the coronavirus were to become a plague mm-hmm. in your country mm-hmm. and not just somewhere on the other side of the earth. Right. Uh, you, and, and not just something you can use to scaremonger. Yeah. You're not, you, you don't look like the healthiest person in the country. <laughs> you don't look like you'll just be able to fight it off. No problem, buddy. You're uh you're in no position to want this thing on our soil. Yeah, I suspect he has a bunker. He is the type. <laughs> he's got a bunker. That's true. He right. does have a bunker. So, like, he's he'll go down with his filtered air. He probably doesn't let his wife out of it. <laughs> oh boy. Oh, the, 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 <sighs> he's a he's a dumb he's a dumb he's evil a dumb, man. Hateful. Yeah. Filled with hate. Yeah, he's a vile human. Yeah. Yeah, he hates. He's a that's his Christianity. Need an attitude adjustment. You better get you better get baptized. I was baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. So was I. It didn't take. He doesn't like that one though, I promise no. you. Yeah, yeah. Ours didn't he doesn't, count. He doesn't accept that that's a baptism. Right. Ours didn't count for sure. Of course not. Uh, hey, we had some. We had uh, one person write into us. Uh, this is from the Right Reverend Jim Bob. Oh, okay. Apparently, uh, listening to some of your back catalog. Yeah, I know. He said, <laughs> uh, but it's kind of boring here in Las Vegas. And uh, and I heard some of your comments on Mormon attitudes on sex ed. While not surprised, I thought I'd share a little story about my experience with that. I grew up in a little town Frank is familiar with. Uh, oh, I grew up near a little town Frank is familiar with, Modesto, California. Oh, yeah. And my high school health teacher was a Mormon. Somehow they seemed to own that school district. Not Modesto, but a much smaller nearby town with a lot of cowboys. <laughs> the teacher, yes, he was also a coach, of course, uh, provided very comprehensive sex ed. Uncomfortably so to some of us. And as typical obnoxious 15-year-old boy, my friends and I thought it would be funny to include in the weekly Ask Anything question jar uh, what we thought would be funny questions, and he would always answer the damn things clinically. One of us asked, for instance, about girls becoming, quote, loose after sex, uh, after sex with too many men. And oh, did we get an earful for asking that. That girl's body was designed to have a baby. You think your little penis is going to stretch her out? Get over yourself. My wife has had six kids and and it's still just like our wedding night. Grumble, grumble, grumble. Okay. Please don't. If you are a sex ed teacher, please don't talk about your personal sex. Yeah. That's not okay. That's That's crossing the line. That is is horrifying. Anyway, uh, uh, Jim Bob goes on. It... It was the advent of HIV AIDS and his class in high school was nearly on the level of the human sexuality class I took in college. I'll never know why he was so insistent that we had really good information and was, uh, why, uh, yeah, uh, why he was uh, as insistent that we had really good information and was a pretty good conservative Mormon at the same time, but I sure appreciated it later when I became sexually active and had all that accurate information. Huh. So there you go. It's interesting. It, there's a very interesting thing that can ha- doesn't necessarily happen, but can happen within Mormons, within mm-hmm. the Mormon community, which right. is a very, like, even though they've got that incredibly conservative, like, religious thing running through them, uh-huh. 
They're also very practical people in general. Okay. And so, like, I guess it it doesn't surprise me that a Mormon was able to be able to just say, you know what? They just need the truth and just give it to them. Yeah, okay. You know what I mean? Fair enough. Even though they're very conservative and they definitely wouldn't want you having sex. Right. Uh, it, it, it's a weird... Mormons are a peculiar people. Right, but collectively... Oh, no, no sex ed. Oh, yeah, they don't want it. Yeah. I, because <laughs> but if you have to teach it, teach it correctly. If you have to teach it, apparently go in. If you're if you're going if you're going go big. Uh, would, uh, we have some folks to thank. I we, am un, I am led to believe. We I am do. under the impression. We of. do. Um, we we had a lot of people sh- show up to our uh, our website this week. Thankgodimatheist.com. They all clicked on the support tab. That's yeah. how it works. That's right? how. It, and and then what you do, you, if since you're there. You click. You go to thankautomatheist.com. It's very easy to find. You just yeah. type what I just said. Right. Then you click the support, and it just takes you to Patreon. You sign up. You choose the level. Yeah. That you want to give. It doesn't have to be a lot, but it can be. And then, uh, and then, uh, the, the, then you get what these people are about to get, which is our undying thanks. So, yes. Uh, in the form of thank yous. Thank yous. Yeah. So wh- wh- who we got? We have three new faithful. Okay. Listeners, Dan. Lovely. We have BCP Doc. Okay. Thank you. Uh, let's see. We have Quizits. Lovely. Wonderful. Thank you. Uh, and Mark. Oh. Fantastic. All brilliant people. Thank you. Um, and then we have three new venerables. Whoa. Uh, we have Sin Eater. Yeah. Okay. Eat that sin. We have uh, Elaine. Okay. And we have... Caleb. Oh, so thank you to the three of you. Amazing. And we have one new saint. What? We have now Saint Alyssa. Saint Alyssa, blessed be she. So thank you. Wow. And then as always, we have our top uh, donor. Yeah. Our Lord and Savior, Davis. Oh, Davis, you're, you're, you're the wind beneath our wings. So thanks to all of our uh, beautiful donors. Uh, please feel free to join them if you want to. Uh, if not, uh, if you can't afford it, then the free thing that you can do to help us out is to go to iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Slap five stars on us. You have to do five stars even if you want to do fewer because you have to counteract all the Christian dickheads who don't even listen to our show. <laughs> Just see the title and decide to give us a one star yeah, that happens. for fun. Yeah. So, uh, so, yeah, go out there and give us five stars. Thanks so much to all of our people. We love you so much. Thanks, guys. Well, Frank, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if you remember, but uh, there was a time in, in the distant past when you and I were students. Oh, yeah. Okay. Long, yeah, sure. long right. ago. Yeah. Low those days of yore. Uh, and uh, and I, <laughs> you at one point were going to BYU. Then then we both went to the University of Utah. Yeah, of course. Uh, here's the thing about campuses, especially in a place like Utah, they're not always 100% welcoming for people who don't uh, share the dominant view of, of the culture. 
it's definitely true about BYU. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> uh, so we have we have uh, brought on Kevin Bowling uh, from the Secular Student Alliance to talk to us a little bit about what it's like to be a student uh, mm. out mm-hmm. there in the world these days. Kevin, yeah, thanks great. for coming on the show. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. So, uh, so Kevin, you are, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Executive Director of the National Secular Student Alliance Organization. Is that correct? That's correct. Tell us a, a little bit about the, uh, now, when Frank was at uh, BYU, SSA. I, I met, suffered from SSA. Frank had uh, SSA as a, <laughs> a disease. A serious case of SSA. <laughs> but that's, that's always good to hear. That, but that, unfortunately, uh, at BYU, that meant se- uh, same-sex attraction. Yeah. And was it a very oh, different gotcha. thing. Un- un- incurable. Yeah, exactly. It's that's a only, that's, that's also a good thing to have, though. Yes, indeed. Uh, but your SSA is a very different thing. So tell us a little bit about what you guys do and uh, and and who you're representing and and all of that stuff. So the Secular Student Alliance, national nonprofit, and we have about 300 chapters, mostly in college universities, uh, a few high schools, and then every once in a while we have a middle school starting up. Um, so the the schools themselves, their student organizations on their campuses, and we're really here to support them. So they're somewhat autonomous in really making sure that they're meeting the needs of the students on their campus. Um, and then we're here to support them. So we have some national programs that we roll out that they can choose to be uh, to participate in. There's like Ask an Atheist Day and Graveyard of the Gods and Darwin Day. And those sorts of things that often many of our student organizations tend to be involved in. And we provide resources for them. And then we want them to be active and energized and uh, outgoing and visible on campus. And so we provide them with tons of free tabling supplies and publicity and those sorts of things so that they're out on their campuses and about and people know that they exist. And so we know that about one in three of college students now are non-religious. And so we want to make sure that they have lots of support on their campus and aren't an invisible group. And we know that there's lots and lots of religious groups getting lots of support. Uh, yeah. And so we want to make mm. sure that they're, they're, we're there for the, the non-religious students. Well, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, the uh, Lord knows I've been on many a campus that has the, the Christian student guild mm. or whatever out leafleting and, and, and yeah. you know, praying with people and all sorts of stuff. That's, I, that's a very visible thing. Yeah, I don't know. This sounds like some of that militant secularism that, that we hear that, so uh, much about. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so what kinds of things, what, what's the messaging that you're, that you're trying to get out there? Uh, for us, we really look at making sure that students have a place to find each other. So developing community, having your friends. Uh, in some universities and colleges, there's not a real safe feeling on campus where there is a high religious prominence and our students may feel isolated and alone. And so we want them to have community. So I think first and foremost, that's what it is. And then we want them to be, okay, I'm proud about this. And we want them to be sort of active and visible. So some of our student organizations, uh, like Southeast Missouri State, they actually host the interfaith panel on campus every year. Hmm. I think one, so they know that they're there uh, and they get to invite people. And so they know that then non-religion is going to be on that stage and well represented as part of that. So they're doing, you know, they're doing things like that. And they do, you know, uh, like I said, 
you know, Darwin Day, uh, Carl Sagan Day. Uh, we, we do Ask an Atheist Day where they set up a table and have students come and just ask questions. And again, many students may not you know, know someone who they know is non-religious. And so when our students are there, they're typically well-educated and well-spoken. And so they can answer those questions and help normalize non-religion for students who may be religious and for students who may be questioning or have never, who may be non-religious, but never really identified that is now they have a face to it and they go, okay, there's lots of other people like me on this campus and elsewhere who are like them. So and then right. we want them to do, we want them to do programs. We want them to, you know, they get involved in their community service and we do community service projects. So this upcoming spring, we're actually taking uh, two groups of students at a week at a time to uh, Abaco Island in the Bahamas. And I think that's the picture of the island that was completely decimated by the hurricane. Um, and they're going there to, to on their spring break and they're paying their way to go uh, so that they can help rebuild homes on the island. And last year we did that uh, in Puerto Rico and to help rebuild roofs in, uh, in Yabacoa, which is where Hurricane Maria came ashore. And so wow. we do that in conjunction with the Foundation for Nonbelief. Doesn't that fly in the face, though, of the, the whole... Uh non-believer ethic of never helping anyone worshiping <laughs> satan and always uh doing that which is only in the self-interest we we really don't find that i know uh, i think Barr has been quoted in saying that non-religious have no morals you know background whatsoever right um but we, we i mean we clearly don't find that at all so we find That's our awesome. students are super passionate, active, and I think you know you guys know that as well. Um, yeah. And so they're wanting outlets, and so they're involved on their campuses, they're involved in other organizations, and we try to create things where they're going to be involved in giving back. And we also want them to be, you know, we want them to be lifelong activists. We want them to be involved in the secular movement. We want them to be in, uh, involved in other things. And I think you know we always say you've you've got one one life. Let's make the most of it for you. And let's hopefully let's make the world a better place before you leave. Yeah, absolutely. Hmm. Now I, I can imagine that on some campuses, uh, in these United States, it's going to be your, your, your organization is going to be more welcome than others. <laughs> Talk a little bit about, cause you guys don't just go to, you know, secular schools. You actually have tried to uh, have started chapters in religious schools as well. Is that true? We have. I think we have a history. You know, we're we're celebrating our 20th anniversary this year, so we're we're almost legal. Oh, happy um, so birthday! Which is good. Thank you. Yeah, it's a good one. Uh, so, but we you know we've had a variety of religious schools or religiously affiliated schools that we've been at. And last uh, fall, we our only religious school sort of over this that summer was Baylor University, who we've been on. Our students have been there for 11 or 12 years now. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, Waco, Texas, private Baptist school. Um, so they're not allowed to be a recognized student organization. They can't book a room. They can't hang up publicity. So we're really their, their support for, um, you know, for, for what they're doing on campus, which we yeah. are happy to be. But we really had a growth. And so we have about 12 chapters now at religious or religiously affiliated schools where we have chapters. And so we're continuing to see interest in that. And I think, you know, clearly at those schools, there are non-religious people and so it's even more of a need and i know you were talking about utah a little bit before one of yeah. our largest chapters is in logan utah so with 150 members so nice. wow. we, you know we, we're clearly showing that yeah you know, we have a chapter right now that's starting up trying to start up in a middle school in north carolina 
So that's clearly oh, not easy. Wow. Yeah, yeah, that sounds like a that sounds like an uphill battle for sure. Yes. So high schools are are tough. Uh, administ- usually finding a faculty member, uh, a staff, or a faculty person who, whether they're non-religious or not, wants to be the out atheist on campus by sponsoring the group. That's usually the students usually don't have a hard time. The administration in high school is usually puts clever roadblocks in there to sort of wait the students out. So we only approve student organizations once a year. Oh, you missed it this year. So, um, so the nice thing is, uh, FFRF, uh, freedom from religion foundation is a great friend of ours. And, um, Fortunately, we don't need them that often, but uh, we know that we can call the, the the lawyers there at any time, and they they are on it immediately, calling calling the school, writing them a letter, helping our students write a letter, uh, and sort That's of fantastic. challenging that. So, they're super friends of ours. That's great. Uh, so, if one of our listeners, and I know we have plenty of college and, and high school age listeners out there, if one of them wanted to get involved uh, with a group or even start a group on their, their local campus, uh, how would they end up doing that? What does that look like? Sure. The easiest thing is to go to our website, secularstudents.org, students with an S. Uh, and then we have a, uh, there's a tab on there for uh, student chapters. And so we have a map that, sh- that pops up. You can see where all of our chapters are. Uh, and then you click on one of those buttons and it gives you the contact information to reach them. So we try to make that as easy as possible. And then if you don't see your school on there, we have a little, a little tab that says start a chapter. And it's a quick little form, takes probably about 10 seconds to fill out. Uh, one of our campus organizers will give you a call, send you an email, text you, probably all of the above. Uh, they wanna make sure that they're reaching out to you. And so they'll sit down, figure out your campus with you. And we, the, one of the first things we do is send a, uh, send a mail the student a starter kit. It's basically everything you need to start an organization. So publicity and flyers and pamphlets and check-in lists and sign-in lists and sample constitution, sample bylaws, things they're going to need on their campus to you know to become officially recognized. So we typically, if we've got you know working with a student within a couple of weeks, can get a chapter up and started, and we try to make that as easy as possible. Um, and everything that we do for students is free. So membership is free. The stuff we send them is free. Uh, it's because, and because of our donors and supporters that we're able to do that. Well, that sounds like a good place to uh, plug where, it, and if, if any of our listeners are interested, they could actually go to, uh, to help support your group. We would love that. Uh, and again, our website, uh, secularstudents.org, there's a button for donate, or you can go to secularstudents.org backslash donate, and it shows you all the options. So we love monthly donors. We have planned giving, so one-at-a-time donations. You can even sponsor a school if you like. There's a, your, your alma mater if you want to sponsor that, and we have a chapter there. Uh, or pick, pick, pick your state that you're interested in. We can help, help facilitate those things as well. Well, hmm. it. It's the Lord's work that you're doing, clearly. And, <laughs> it uh, is. It we, is. We certainly appreciate you being out there and uh, and looking out for the kids. I know that. Yeah, I mean, this it's it's a time that's sort of crucial uh, in in sort of the development of of identity and self and all of those things. And if they don't, if, you know, if students don't have someone as an exemplar to 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 show them what it's like that it that it can be, you know, that this can be a happy fulfilling life as a non-believer they may never find it if they don't find it in in those in those formative years so i think that what you're doing is great stuff thank you we appreciate it and the uh, interesting thing about the the formative years that you were just talking about and something that if you look at big companies coke and pepsi know very much whatever 
you know, beverage you drink in college, you will probably drink the rest of your life. And that's why so many people spend so much money, uh, you know, trying to get that particular age population. Um, we're seeing an increased animus towards non sort of not minority religions and non-religious on campus lately mm. over the last couple of years. So we're, we're seeing that. So that's even more important when our students are feeling isolated alone. Again, having that community and those friends is even more important. Uh, and I, a couple of years ago, uh, the, so the religious campus ministries noticed a trend. Uh, so about, uh, and they did their own study. 12 of them got together. They dumped millions of dollars in, did a huge study. And they realized that about 70% of first year of their students, religious students in their first year were leaving their religion. And they didn't really define what that meant as far as leaving. My guess is they stopped going to mass or the fellowship or whatever those things is, but they dumped again, another millions of dollars and they have a huge program. So they actually identify where the student is going in high school and they find out where they're going in college and they send them all sorts of resources and material so that wow. making that connection even before they leave. And then they go and have some of the, the first 72 hours that a student's on campus. And this isn't like after classes has started, this is like Literally, when I step on the campus to move into my residence hall or whatever that is, they have someone meet them um, and bring them to the church or the the mm. Bible study or the worship center or whatever that is, because they know then they can, you know, the chances are that they'll stay religious or participate in the community and not leave is greater. So, and there have been year after year, they're rolling out more and more resources for non-religious students to try to bring them in and, and convert or reconvert them back. So right. we've been finding all of that. Uh, so it's, it is a, an interesting time and an important time, especially for students and their identity development and just the support that we need to give them as a, as a community. Right. Absolutely. And, uh, but lest we all uh, fade into hopelessness, the trend line is forever in our favor at this point. <laughs> it's very I, clear where things are going. And, it, and, and I, I think you guys uh, are a big part of that. So uh, thank you for your work, Kevin. And, yeah, thanks, uh, Kevin. And thanks also so much for just for coming on the show with us. I appreciate it. Anytime. And thank you, guys. Well, that was lovely. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm really glad that we had him on. Yes, indeed. Well, listen, folks, if you have something to say about uh, about Kevin or about anything that you've heard on today's show, we'd love to hear from you. Write into us, podcast at thankgodimatheist.com. Or you can call and leave us a voicemail message. The telephone number is 424-666-8442. Yep. Go to the Facebook page, facebook.com slash Atheist, and click on that like button. While you're there, search for the TGIA members. Only lounge and request to join is a closed group. But we will watch you. Eventually we will. It's true. Speaking of Facebook, thanks so much to Mackenzie for her work on the Facebook page. Thanks to Dan Danny and Amy for their work as, mem uh, as, as moderators in the Members Only Lounge. And a big thanks goes out to the Red Rock Hot Club and to Gordon Johnston for the use of their music. And thanks to you, you crazy kids, for tuning in. Bye-bye.